subscribe like it repost it if you support black business if you support black men and if you like sports and you rocking with what we doing y'all gotta make sure y'all do all those things for me greg mr hot takes debate your mother sends me in the building how are you doing tonight i'm doing good i'm doing good katie's the mvp you know yeah, we're going to get to that. Losing, the, the Giants are losing a bunch of games and it's getting a better draft pick. That's how you got to look at it now. I don't know. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. And of the course. The Knicks suck. <laughs> of no, course. Man. Yeah, of course. And then we got CJ. I mean, he just told us he's going on another vacation. CJ, where in the world are you, Carmen San Diego? Money bags. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. It's a, it's a good year to be a Bengals fan. It's a good be, year to be a Cincy fan. Let me let me tell y'all, man. Cincinnati, December thirty first, playing Alabama. We going for the upset. It's, it's gonna be good, man. I'm, I'm gonna be in Florida. I wish I would have got tickets to this game. Yo, keep in mind, I honestly would have gone to that game. My, me and my dad were about to buy tickets if I wasn't already gonna be in Florida. But uh, no, it probably is because yeah, Alabama might 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 really put it on us. But it's still cool that that we're in the conversation for once. I mean, that's great though, because you know you. That's a man of faith, because that takes faith to have any that? belief that y'all gonna have a chance at all with Alabama. I mean, we're here for a reason. You gotta have a chance. So we, we got we got one of the best secondaries in college football. That's the way college football works. Like there what are upsets don't happen in college football like that. It's not a thing. Okay, but Alabama struggled in many games this year that they shouldn't have struggled in. There's games where they put up as little as twenty points. I'm telling you, I'm t- you look, listen. You know college football. You bet Alabama, and you don't. And you sleep easy at night betting Alabama. That's fine. Okay. And, and look, for, and for, 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 for the sake of, for the sake of tradition, you're 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 probably right. You know what I'm saying? Alabama, <laughs> my, <laughs> I, I, Alabama probably gonna put it on his butt. As a Cincy fan, you know I'm gonna have faith. That's what I'm saying. You obviously you a man of faith, yeah. big time. To have, like they said, faith is in. Regardless, you know, if they lose forty to three, they had an incredible year, and it's just great to be able to see them play on that stage. There's got to be a scripture about having unrealistic faith. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, we are missing the fourth member of the squad tonight, Miles, who was out on health and safety protocols. He doesn't have it. Just put that disclaimer out there. But Miles, <laughs> Bing Bong, Nick's Tape Davenport, he is here in spirit. I'm sure we'll think of him at many different points. Mom's on a date right now. Can we stop the cap? 
So we mentioned health and safety protocols. What are your thoughts with everything going on in sports right now? Like should the NBA, should they take a break? Should the NFL postpone games? You know, we've seen Baker Mayfield being very vocal about how the Cleveland Browns still have to play this weekend. What's your takes on everything that's going on with the Omarion variant, the Delta variant? <laughs> He said Omarion going crazy. Omarion Jones. Omarion flapping his jacket with and letting COVID loose everywhere. But um, they got they got to shut down the league for about a week. I, I, the NBA, as far as that goes, I think the NFL. I mean, it's you're a 53 man roster. If you're down 20 guys, it definitely hurts you. I mean, the Browns are down 20 guys. I don't think most cases have been that severe or dramatic. I, I think Washington's down like 19 guys. So. You know, you got to consider it across both leagues. These yeah. cases are spreading. It's a real thing. It's getting more and more severe. So I would, I would strongly consider going on a, on a break. I would strongly consider going on a break in both leagues. Yeah, I, I think I think you can, and I think I think you need to. I mean, the, we saw today the Rams had nine more players test positive. Um, we're seeing it in the NBA. We're seeing it across the NFL. But at the same time, too, like this is something that we're seeing across the country, like uh-huh. without sports, like my, my profession and my job, we had two cases in the past uh, two weeks. And, you know, I ain't going to be seen in the office till, <laughs> until at least middle of January. But at the same time, like it's, it's getting scary. You know, it's, it's the holidays. People are going to be with their families and uh-huh. start gathering again. Like it's only going to get worse from here. And hopefully, you know, two years ago when we saw this first happen, you know, it blew up around March. Right. And mm-hmm. we got to get control under it. We got to get it under control now to, to prevent it from getting crazy after the holidays. Um, I, nah, they said it's not the right. results. The results that come from it isn't as as bad as obviously when COVID first came around um, in regards to what you just said of, you know, trying to make sure that we get ahead of this and slow everything down. It's not going to happen. It's a lot of people still walking around acting as if they're vaccinated there's still people that's going to be going around that's not vaccinated hanging around family members people vaccinated get in so i don't think it's ever going to slow down i think this is literally this is our life now i'll tell you this i love what the league did today though and and updated the policy right that's what you have to do when when things get out of control like this and, and start trending in the wrong direction you need to have a plan and you need to implement that plan immediately and that's what they did they're making everybody wear a mask in facilities regardless if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated and, you know, they switch from in-person meetings to remote meetings and things like that. Now, I'm not sure how this is going to affect, you know, practice schedules and, and whatever mm-hmm. the case is. But at least they're they're having a plan for uh, when these players are, are in close contact with each other throughout the week. You know, at least they're going to be wearing a mask. Hopefully, uh, you know, in their film study sessions, they're going to be sitting six feet apart. Right. You know, back to how it was probably in, in training camp. So, mm-hmm. again, these players are, are used to it. They've gone through this all last year, so it shouldn't be any different. Uh, for them and and hopefully um you know they're they're not bringing their loved ones around the facility and things like that and and they're keeping it professional where wherever they go to avoid another big spread of this complete sidebar how's y'all on the in-ears how's here y'all can hear it it's good all right good so nfl cream of the crop rising to the top we got the cheese back at the top Big game going on right now. She's playing the Chargers. It's on right now, which is why you saw his reaction right there. You just got a pick. In the AFC, who do y'all see getting that number one seed? Mm. The, way the, Chiefs, the way the Chiefs are playing, it, it's it's hard to go against them and say that it won't be them. 
But I, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, I, this is the weirdest year in football I've ever seen because you, you can't tell who the best team in the league is. I think it's the Packers, but, I mean, you really can't tell. It's just so much parity in the NFL, more parity than there ever has been, especially in the regular season. So I, I would say I, I would say the Chiefs win. You, you win out in the AFC and get that top spot because they're playing the best football right now and they're playing the best football league. But the, the Pats might not lose a game for the rest of the year either. Seriously, so. I, I think it'll be either Pats or Chiefs, AFC Pats or Chiefs. Yeah, and I, I think I think we'll see that later on in the season. But I, I agree with you. I have to say the Chiefs, and and we've been saying it for a while. The Chiefs have been hot, and they've been they've been getting it going at the right time, right towards the end of the uh, year, uh, playing consistent. Patrick Mahomes has gotten better. Their defense has finally settled down and, and settled in. They're still not the greatest defense, and they, and they still get in shootouts with teams. But at the end of the day, the the Chiefs are a team that can put up points and and compete with anybody. So. Um, I think I think the Chiefs are going to hold it down for the AFC. I think the thing that's something to, to look out when we talk about the top seed in the AFC, one, the Chiefs' defense has actually been the reason why they're on the win streak, which that's the scary part because if the offense actually matches up with how the defense has been playing, mm. I think the league really is in trouble. And I think New England needs to get that number one seed. Tennessee, somebody else got to get that number one seed because if Kansas City gets that number one seed, and they got to go through Arrowhead. Running tables. They're going to go to Super Bowl. Kansas City is back in the Super Bowl immediately, bro. Now, they might lose in the Super Bowl, but they're back. Yeah. They, hey. Yeah. They, would, they would probably lose in the Super Bowl. We're going to get to the NFC. I guess so, who? NFC, who's the number one seed in the NFC? Packers? I think it's the Packers. I think, I think especially after that Arizona's last loss, I, think that, I don't think if the Rams are going to close the gap. But I think the Rams are coming together at the right time, and Odell is getting his touches, and it's starting to happen like I thought it would. But and and that's a the playoffs are a different discussion. But I think the Packers is the best team, the most complete team. As long as Aaron Rodgers' toe can hold up, they should be fine, and they'll they'll be the top seed. Yeah, I, I like I like the Rams, but I don't I don't think the Rams are going to be able to compete with with the Packers um, just due to the fact that. I don't think Sony Michelle is going to hold down the run game for a, a long stretch of time for the Rams, and they need that balance in terms of the, having the run game uh, to open up the passing game and be able to take some pressure off of guys like Odell and Cooper Cup. Um, but when you look at the Packers, they are a complete team. We've seen them with without their star running back Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon held it down. Like They have two strong running backs that, can, uh, that are both physical, that can both uh, tote the rock, um, and then their, their wide receiver core, we know what that is with uh, Devontae Adams, you know, Valdez, Scanlon, and, and their other receivers that they have going on. So, and then again, their defense, they, they have a great defense mm-hmm. and uh, obviously they're, they're well coached. So, uh, and they've been in this position before. So you both said Green Bay, are we not giving any shot to Tampa Bay to the defending champs to possibly get that number they one seed? I think you have to be the, the number one seed. Yeah, they easily could be. I just don't want to see it. So I'm not going to pick it. <laughs> It's that, it's that simple. I don't know why. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it just because. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a possibility for everybody that's wondering. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the Packers. I think the Packers are the better team right now. But to, and I think I know Tampa's schedule is pretty light towards the end of the year, so mm-hmm. they really could run the table and be the number one seed. I just don't think the Packers are gonna lose again, as long as this guy's foot holds up. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a big caveat. And for our listeners, our viewers, when you see this. You know, Greg might sound a little suave right now. He might sound a little, you know, kind of laid back, chill, got the deep voice on, Barry Manilow, you know, 98 plus <laughs> seven voice. The reason being his queen is here from Texas. Y'all can't y'all can't see she's behind the camera, but she's here. So 
he got a little different swag today. So that's why you hear it a little. <laughs> it's coming a little different here. Uh, I try, I try, I'm also trying to give the, uh, uh, CJ a chance to, to, run, to run things, you know, since I, I talk too much. This uh, man I really thought, do talk too I much. Thought, I thought I'd give him a chance. You know, we'll, we'll get the basketball. We'll, we'll, I, we'll, I hit him in we'll, the chat we'll earlier. Talk, we'll talk about basketball. Don't worry. Look, yeah. you know, and that, that's your thing, today. man. Listen, listen. I give credit when credit is due, and you are a basketball aficionado. You you are great at, at covering I'm, basketball. I'm, I'm, Let's hush. I'm, 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 I'm everything No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm no, you're not. College, college football, you can take a back seat right there. But uh, you, you lucky Miles not here because you're going to get a little more air time tonight. I wonder how many of our people, our fans, care about college football. See there you go. There you go. Looking at the looking at it's all about what Greg cares about, not what not what not what the listeners care about. Seriously, looking at the interaction based off different posts, we don't get as much love when we talk college football. But we also don't post college football like we we like we post basketball. Is that is that fair to say? Of course not. Okay. All right. So I think uh, we're gonna need some new trial numbers there. (laughs) (laughs) AFC, right? So we have. The final two seeds, you know, seven seed, seven teams get in this year. So we got the six and the seven seed. It's kind of looking like in the AFC and we will get to the NFC. It's looking kind of like, you know, that basketball vibe. Those last like seven to ten seeds are all tight. AFC, seven and six record by the Colts, Bills, Browns, Bengals, and the Denver Broncos. And Pittsburgh is at six and six. Yeah, Pittsburgh, you can kiss goodbye. Let's just, let's just let's just say that right now. Sorry, Ariana. I know you're listening, but let's not even talk about them clowns. The last two seeds. The last two seeds. Who do y'all get? Who do y'all think gets those last two seeds to get into the playoffs? Mm. Run, run that list one more time. So we got the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. The Buffalo Bills. The Cleveland Browns. The Bengals. And the Broncos, and they all are seven and six. It's, it's definitely not going to be the Browns because they're losing this week because they have been obliterated by by COVID protocol mm-hmm. and, and all the players they have out. They just said Nick Mullins is about to start, and that's their third string quarterback. So, uh, hey, that might be a better option than Baker this and, season. I mean, you ain't lying. I'm really upset hearing that actually because the Giants are running up, running Mike Lennon out there and telling me a team has Nick Mullins out there as their third string. No, nah, they said Jake Fromm might get a lot of playing time uh, for you guys this week. So excited. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm. I'm. Don't shoot the messenger. Um. I think. I think the probably the Bengals and I would say. I would say the Broncos. Bengals and the Broncos. I, I would say Bengals and Broncos. I. I, I love Indianapolis and. Oh, and what the Colts they, aren't making it. The Colts aren't making it. Can I finish? I was just getting into that. <laughs> Damn. Can I finish? His queen. His queen. Go to the bathroom. And he over here talking out his talking out his mouth. Was I not just getting that? I said I love Indianapolis, but I can only trust their defense in their running game. I cannot trust Carson Wentz, and I feel like when playoff time comes, as history has shown us with with Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna step up in that big moment. I would trust the Brown uh, the Broncos defense, but I don't know things might change because the Bengals play the Broncos this week, and we're gonna give them an L. So. Maybe, maybe it is the Bengals and the Colts. What, what say you there, Gregory? Who's the last two <laughs> seeds you think that get in? The Colts and what? I didn't, all the teams you listed. I, so, I Colts and, so before before you say the last second team, before you say the last before you say the last second team, right? Before you say the last second team, right? The other team that Chris did not mention that is in the mix 
for the last two seeds right now. Now they could go on a winning streak and they might be a higher seed after this, but Buffalo was a seven to six team also. Buffalo. Oh, oh, oh. Buffalo has been extremely disappointing this year, though. Agreed. I can't see Buffalo not making the playoffs this year. Facts. Buffalo not making the playoffs this year would be utterly insane. If they don't make the playoffs, (laughs) if they don't make the playoffs, I have to go back and find every Josh Allen clip that Greg said. Mm. And post it. Josh Allen has has proved me right a couple of those big throws. Yeah, but but he's they put too much responsibility on him. I know the another excuse. That's what you're you're about to say. Yeah, they don't they don't have a running game. No, we we said that from the beginning. Okay, that's not that's not what I'm saying. He's not. He hasn't been the reason they've been losing games. They've been putting up points. Their defense and and their secondary has been horrible. I'm saying if you pay that guy, didn't they pay him? They paid him like 270 m's. He got paid. He got a huge bag this summer. Right, I, I know. They, I know. I remember him getting a big bag this summer. He was the first of those quarterbacks to get it, mm-hmm. and Lamar hasn't gotten his yet. Uh, he needs to get his soon. But oh, I can't wait to play the Ravens again. I, I, I love Lamar, but I hope I hope that ankle's he not not healed he up all the way. Even with Tyler Huntley starting, <laughs> but um, hey, for a backup, that yeah, he's, that's the, he is. He's he's, like, he's a clone. He's real. He's a clone. He's, he's, he's Lamar. Yeah, he's not. A they play the exact same. They talk the exact same. The they look are, the exact the, same. The Ravens are a world class organization. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they are synced up as a team. So even if they don't have Lamar, it don't matter. They don't have their top corner. It don't matter. They don't have their top running backs. It doesn't matter. They play great football and they play. They're a well oiled machine. They play great. It doesn't matter. I mean, look at look so, at look at Huntley's stats last week when when he played pretty much the the whole game. And they almost won. Uh, and they almost, almost won. They like won he 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 plays a clean game. He 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 the first well, game that uh he, he came in for for Lamar he, he he you know brought them the victory. Let's get back to the point though. Let's get back to the point. So you said the Bills are the other team that's in consideration. Mm-hmm. I, I I it's a question of who I trust more. Do I trust the Bengals or do I trust the Bills? Because it'll come down to those two teams. I think the Colts are getting in. I, I think they're well coached. And their run game, they take a lot of the responsibility, a lot of that responsibility out of Carson Wentz's hand. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz doesn't have to go win the game for you because you have the best running back in the league. You need the best offensive line in the league. You have the great wide receiver and Michael Pittman Jr. And you have other weapons out there too. I really like that team a lot. You have Moali Cox over there too. Um, best running back right Car- now. Carson Wentz doesn't have to win the game for you, but he has to protect the football. And he does that because they run the heck of the ball. The ball's on the ground. Best running back right now, by the way. Best running back right now, easily. Because I'm, I'm just saying, King Henry, he's just injured right now. Oh, oh. Because oh. it was just, it was just up to the craziest stat. It was just up to last week. He was still number two in rushing. The man's been out for like two, three weeks. Oh, we, we think Jonathan Taylor is better than Nick Chubb, a healthy Nick Chubb. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, he any, said, hmm, interesting. Yeah, just, <laughs> that, is, that is interesting. Just discredit. Everything Nick Chubb is no one's discrediting anything. It's just Jason, this guy, Jonathan Taylor, has been incredible. He deserves his credit, and he's gonna get his credit right now. He's the best right now. <laughs> just it's that simple. But I, 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 I think it's tough. I, I want the Bengals to prove me wrong and get in. I appreciate that, bro. Uh huh. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we spread love on the show. We spread love on the show. I appreciate I, I, that. I only want them to get in because I, I, do, I like Joe Burrow more than like Josh Allen's a quarterback. He's a likable guy, Joey B. No, talking about what I, I shout mean, out I Joey mean, B. Football, football perspective from a guy throwing the football around. <laughs> this guy's a likable guy. Yeah, it's crazy. He really is, though, isn't he? I think he's a better. I think he's a better player. No, than Josh Allen. I really do. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you there. I don't. I don't know. You can put that poll. I guess run up a poll. Yeah, we definitely will run that. Up. Yeah, but I, I think that I, I would like to think that Joe Burrow can get these guys in and and prove me right. So I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I also think the Bengals are a little bit more complete. 
as a team, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how this all how this all shapes out. The Bills don't stop the run, and the Bills will run the ball. So, and what I always say, you can't you don't do those two things, you're not going to get you're not going to win. So, I'll go with the Bengals and the Colts. That's my final final tip. My NFC. We have a similar situation. Differences: the Rams are nine and four, 49ers are seven and six. That's the five and six. So it's about a two-game difference right there. After that, though, we got San Fran at the six seed, seven and six, Washington six and seven, Minnesota six and seven, Philly six and seven, Atlanta six and seven. The New Orleans Saints are also six and seven. Who do we see getting those last two spots? I think the 49ers. Um, and, and the reason I say that is, is they look they played a clean game last week against against the Bengals. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do too much. There wasn't a lot on his plate. Um, and George Kittle is absolutely amazing. George, George, he's the difference maker for that team. And on the other end, they is have, he the best tight end right now? No, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think George Kittle's the best tight end right now. Um, Who are you putting over him this this season? Not overall, this season. This season? Hmm. Hmm. I feel like I'm missing somebody obvious. I'd put Kittle over Kelsey and Gronk yeah. this season. Uh, this season, this season, Darren definitely. Waller's not has been the best. Best. He hasn't. He hasn't. He has though. He has. Early, it's the past few weeks. He hasn't been exciting. But uh, I don't know. Kittle was also hurt for a little bit this year too. So I think Kittle's the best. Player. I think so yeah. far this season. I think yeah, I'm yeah. giving it to Kittle. Yeah, I don't think. But I that's mean, fair. I mean, I would. I, I couldn't argue that. I mean, that's to fair. derail you, yeah. Kittle but, would be putting dudes in the ground. In the, that's where I think the difference That's is. Difference Kittle the also blocks. Yeah, the physicality. Kittle also blocks. Block. Well, so does Gronk. He's, offensive Gronk. Line. he's an offensive lineman. But I'm saying, now, when Gronk you see. Is wa- Gronk is good, but he's also washed at the same time. He's not on the level of a Kelsey or of a Kittle. I don't think he's that caliber of player right now. At, at his peak, Gronk might be the best tight end ever. Mm-hmm. But right now. I think they play differently, too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can use Kittle and, and Kelsey way differently than you use Gronkowski. And I think. Obviously, it shows you know more athletically when when Kelsey's out there and and, and Kittle because they can do more um, you know when they don't have the ball in terms of you know putting them in motion and, and doing all these uh, fancy trick plays that are appealing to the eye. Um, but going back to to the 49ers, on the defensive side of the ball, they got Nick Bosa, who's a huge different maker for them as well. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has has played well. has played has played pretty well. Um, played well against y'all. He, it, he beat y'all it, last week. <laughs> I mean, you knew that was coming. <laughs> and I said it. I, the, the, like, you really what, should. That's what, that's what be getting me tight about Greg is because I'll, I'll be humble, right? And I'll say, you know, they played a clean game last week against the Bengals, right? And he always just has to throw his little snarky comment up in there. If I was you, just because I know how Greg operates, when I said who's the final teams to get in, I'm not even saying 49ers. Just to, <laughs> just cause, just, just like, just so you don't bring it up. Yeah, not because you know, you know what he'll do. If I don't say, it, he'll come you up. Are you dumb? Are you? Are you serious? You're not going to mention the 49ers after what they did to you last week? Who's the second team you think? So you got 49ers getting in there in the second team. We got Washington, Minnesota, Philly, Atlanta, and New Orleans in the mix. I would say, I would say Minnesota. They, they've, they've played some hard-fought games this year. Um, Saints, they're getting Alvin Kamara back. They just got him back last week. But, mm-hmm. again, their quarterback situation is a mess. And – um, I just don't trust him. I don't trust Philadelphia. I don't trust Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's been playing. He played pretty pretty well, but again, he he's coming off an injury. Um, and the Falcons look, you know, 
Falcons struggled to start off off the season, and, and they've been playing well the past few weeks, but um, they're playing well enough to get by, not well enough to prove that they deserve to be in the playoffs. Greg, your two teams. Niners and, and Deadskins. Ooh. Those are my two teams. Yo. At some point, at, yeah, I know. At some point, at some point, you know, as we continually slowly grow and build and get bigger and blow up, we going to end up on a shade room because Greg still called him the Redskins, Deadskins. <laughs> He'd be mad disrespectful, right? It's Washington football team, but he's still Redskins, the Redskins. Football, that's a dumb name for a dumb organization in a dumb city. But we know the reason Listen, why Greg's we had to change Redskins. <laughs> Full disclosure, Greg's opinions are his own. I call him the Deadskins. I don't even call him the Redskins. <laughs> Wait, can, can I bring something up real quick if, if we got some time? Go ahead. How do you and this is a question that, that I've been I've been curious about. I know you was talking and, and you had high hopes for the Giants this year. Yeah. Right? You you yeah. had high hopes for, for the Giants in that uh week of a division. Um and you said the Giants the Giants was gonna be, you know, the number one seed coming out of that division this year. And obviously, uh y'all y'all finna be the last seed coming out of the division, unfortunately. But with that being said, you know, how does it make you feel that you know you were kind of wrong about a lot of the direction you thought the Giants were going to take, and it wasn't by injury, uh, you know. It wasn't about injury. I mean, a little bit. Saquon, little bit. Sa- Saquon. See, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all were struggling. Y'all, listen, that, listen, kind of y'all, y'all, y'all were struggling before you know. Daniel Jones got injured. This is a th- okay. Well, I'm glad you said that, Chris. I'm glad you said that because what, what you, I see what you wanted to do with this question. <laughs> I see what you wanted, but you completely failed because you have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Per usual, so. The Giants have had the most injuries to the offense out of any team in the NFL. They gotta be. They, they have more guys on injury reserve than any team in the NFL. And I'm coming to you with it. That's a fact. More than the Ravens? Yes. Mm. It's, it's crazy. The Giants have I mean, more we, guys we have to on fact injury check reserve. That. Ch- check it out. The Giants have more guys on injury reserve than any other team in the NFL. Check it out. I saw. I saw a tweet about it. I almost put it in the chat. I didn't put it in the chat. The Giants have more guys on IR right now than any other team in the NFL. And I know Oakland was getting to the Twitter fingers, typing it in right now. He can type <laughs> it in, and you tell me. That's a fact. Because you're not worried about those third triggers that are injured. The whole Kadarius Tony's missed five or six games. That's our best. He's our best receiver. Five or six games. Dylan Shepard, per usual, six or five or six games. Kenny Galladay, three to four, three or four games he's missed. Uh, who else am I not counting? Saquon was out for most of the first half of the season. Yeah, but Kadarius Tony, Kadarius, Kadarius Tony wasn't wasn't even. Playing the minutes he was supposed to at the beginning of the season, so it's not like when no, you, no, when no. he was healthy, it's not like no, no, no. like y'all y'all was forcing him the ball and things like that. When he had his breakout game against the Cowboys, after that they started force feeding the ball, and that's when he got hurt. Coincidentally, when they started ramping him up, that's when. Right, but that was but, like four or five games into the season. It doesn't matter. It, our record changes dramatically, and in this division, of course, it matters. Two wins. If the Giants have two more wins right now because they fed, force fed Kadarius Tony the ball and they had him, or because they had Saquon in the beginning part of the season. Then and you can fact check and let me know what you what you is. <laughs> Giants have the most players on IR with twenty three. Thank you. I know what I'm talking about. Don't listen to this guy, man. Yo, the point is, the point is, these guys, these guys have had a lot of injury to crucial parts of their offense all season. Daniel Jones never had a chance. He never had a chance. What I told y'all was that this team could have, and, I, and I, this is not an unpopular opinion. This team had one of the best offenses in the league. As constructed with all the free agent acquisitions, with all the draft picks they brought in, if guys stayed healthy and that didn't happen, the, the, the Giants have had a, a really bad luck over the last couple of years, and it's no different this year. 
probably should have known better in that respect. But on paper, this team was supposed to be good. This offense was supposed to be good. Not the worst offense in football. They're the worst offense in football. People are lazy. They're the worst offense in football because everyone got hurt. The, every part of the team. I, I, I wasn't even going to call them the worst offense in football. But they are. They're the worst offense in football. By far. They, they suck. They're horrible. It's because everyone's gotten hurt. Their second best offensive lineman got hurt, Nick Gates. Literally, Daniel Jones had nothing to work with. I, I don't like the whole burying Daniel Jones in everyone's doing. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. But if I can get Russell Wilson, goodbye, Daniel Jones. We'll <laughs> see you later. But the, the, that's, that's what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, the guy who's going to change, he's going to be a good player. He's a good player. He's not bad. People putting it he's shown he's, a, he's shown he's a good player. He's shown he he can he can throw for for four hundred five yards. He's Come shown on. he can run. People telling me people people putting it on people making it seem like the Giants are just bad because the guys they have brought in are bad. Don't know they, they haven't been paying attention because these guys have again the most you as many injuries as they've had as many injuries as they've had. We got some fan interference here. As many, <laughs> as many injuries as they've had, like. Um, it, yeah, he called. He called you a fan. He didn't call you his girl. He said you got some fan in there. <laughs> but they, 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 as many injuries as they as they had, you know, no one's had more than that. No one's had more injuries than the Giants. Injuries has been a big part of the Giants' failures. You could talk about uh, J- Joe Judge and all the coaching staff, but and, and you know what? He opened up Pandora's box because I was actually hoping to get uh, what's his name, my man, uh, Desi. Desi Slice. On uh-huh. the shout out, shout out, Desi Slice. I'm trying to get him on the show so we can go back and forth with the Giants. I want, I want, I, he has some things he has to say that were interesting to me. We gonna, we gonna get Desi Slice back on the I show. I want to get him back on the show so, I, so we can talk Giants because, yeah, and talk Giants with someone who knows what they're talking about. I'm like this guy. No, Giants. No. The offensive line. We need to get her mic. Like, <laughs> we need to, we need to go before Mike. Like, yeah. the, the, the offensive line. The <laughs> They're a better offense. I'm telling you what I what I know. I'm telling you what I know. Not what I think, what I know. He, he asked me a question based on hearsay. <laughs> I was trying to get you riled up, my, my, and I, I did my job. Yeah, whatever. Because you over there sweating. Hold up. I, I, let me see this. You, 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 you over <laughs> Transition into Kappa Facts. I am sweating, though. More <laughs> players will do what Travis Howard did and sign in with an HBCU program. Cap effects. It, it, Cap. It, it, it depends. I think in the long run, facts. I think in the short term, I mean, what, what's what's more players? Are, are you talking about seeing it, you know, one player every year, you know, a big name? Or are we talking about a majority of, of signees signing with HBCUs? Because – are we talking about people just signing with Jackson State or other HBCUs? I think that's the difference. Is that you got Deion Sanders at Jackson State, you don't have Deion Sanders at every HBCU. I think what the realistic, and I had this conversation with my man Beatty. Don't worry about nothing. Clothing. Shout out to you. Um, he was talking about him as a parent. And he has a son that's playing football. Mm. And we had this conversation. Ultimately, if you have a, a choice between, shoot, you could throw Jackson State in the mix. Jackson State, Alabama, a Grambling State, and a Florida, you're not going to do Jackson State nine times out of ten. Right. And it's not any disrespect to the HBCUs in that regard. We love the HBCUs. And for everybody that's watching and everybody that likes to go on, social media and be like oh you're less black for not choosing hbcu stop that's not the case you gotta think about your future a lot of these hbcus are not 
funded as well as D1 schools. They don't have the best recruiting class. They don't have the best coaching staff. They don't have the best medical staff. We just saw Master P had to take his son from Tennessee State because they misdiagnosed a hip injury that they found out actually could have went worse and turned out into an ACL injury, and then basically his career would be done. This well, was at so an HBCU, Tennessee State. Master P said himself, he loves the coaching staff there. He loved the school. But for the health, safety, and best decision for his son, hey, we got to send him to the D1. If you, if you want to know why HBCU wouldn't be a contender for a lot of these D1 athletes, go look up pictures of um, Howard's dorm rooms real quick. And then this conversation will quickly be over. It, it, it's the infrastructure that a lot of these HBCUs are on top notch. But don't don't be fooled, okay? The kid made the best decision for him by going to Jackson State because he's going. He's a corner. He's going to go learn the greatest from corner the, of all time. Exactly. Right. And his and his def, the defensive coordinator, I believe, is also one of the greatest corners of all time. We played with him with the Cowboys. Another really so. great player. Okay, so he made he made the best decision for him, and this is an isolated decision under other circumstances. This was a quarterback. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. They're not Guess going. where wide receivers are going? LSU. That's wide receiver U. Like, that's where they're going. They're not going to Jackson State, Grambling State, uh, FAMU. No, it's not happening. It, it's okay. It, it's it's fine. It, it's a great story. And maybe then one day this will change. I didn't more like this is more likely to change in basketball than than uh football um down the line. But we'll see. I'll tell you this much too before we go to the next one. Deion Sanders about to run them tables. Oh, Deion, yeah, he's, he's about to he got coach of the year in the swag. I'm telling you, now he just got the number one defensive back. His son gonna be another year in that offense. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the good thing is for for Deion Sanders in in that program, right? This decision is obviously gonna get you some more exposure, and hopefully that comes with more money for updating facilities and things like that down the line. The year he just had this year is gonna eventually lead to that. If he continues to run tables in in the SWAC and in that division, and we all saw the crowds that he was bringing to the game and things like that. Like those, those stands were packed. And obviously for, for kids like Travis Hunter that want to go play there, like they're still getting that D one experience they because be powerhouse. Exactly. Yeah. The, the That's what I'm saying. Like they will be the powerhouse, but other HBCUs, Still going to be lacking. They're going to be lacking. And, and that's, that's why I stated before, is this going to be something where kids commit to a, uh, to Jackson State University yes. and all the other HBCUs yeah, are left yes. out? No, yeah. no, no. That's, the, that's not the question. The question is, are kids going to be committed to Jackson State over LSU, Alabama, Georgia? The answer to that question could very well soon be yes. I think that also depends on how it plays out with with Travis Hunter getting getting drafted as I well. Think be, no, that's going to be fine. Deion Sanders names rings bells. He's going to he's going to bring more guys to that school. He there's more appeal in playing for Deion Sanders than, there's, than there is in playing for Kirby Smart or think wherever about, the coach of Georgia is now. Even just mentioned in the same HBCU bracket. Did y'all know that Eddie George is coaching in the HBCU? That's ridiculous. No, I didn't even know that. I didn't Point even proven. know that. Huh? He coaches at Tennessee State. Come on, so I'm like that's crazy, and there have been mad Hall of Famers from HBCU. That's what you just said, Master P pulled the sun from. Where do you? Yeah, but Master P's on play basketball, mm. so he coaches football for H for uh, Tennessee State. Yeah, Eddie George. But this is a thing where, also, again, like you said, it's from case to case. If you're talking about Deion Sanders as your coach at a HBCU, you're in good hands. He is. On the aspect too of finances, this man's been a showman his whole life. They're gonna be just fine. He's been having he's been having 
the whole time he's been there, a camera crew, they're going to put out a whole like documentary movie. Come on. I which is going to bring more exposure to them. And his goal is to bring more exposure to the whole HBCU experience, which I think it'll help. Mm-hmm. But Jackson State is going to be the ones that reaping most of the most benefits. Of the, yeah, it's not going to be everybody else. It's not going to be Howard or nah. it's not going to be about them or Hampton. It's going to be about Jackson State. Now Maybe this. They got him. Yeah, now this next one is a little bit heavier of a cap of facts. The NFL should have some legal liability for players that have committed crimes based off of CTE. Cap of facts. Facts. If you can make a connection between CTE and the crime, then absolutely. I mean, I know that in the Aaron Hernandez do- uh, documentary, which is hard to get through for me, they they made a connection between his brain damage and the fact that he was a, a, a murderer for like the second half of his life. Because the first half of his life, he apparently he didn't show signs of being murderous. And then started playing football, the hits added up, his brain um, started swelling up from those, all those concussions and he got, he developed CTE and all of a sudden now he's, now he's killing guys in cold blood, you know? So um, the, if you can draw the connection, yes, the NFL is a powerful organization. Let's not be, let's be real. I mean, we're talking about the same league where Daniel Snyder is going, has private investigators going to his employees' houses right now as the NFL investigates and telling them to shut up, like literally scaring them out of talking. What do you think the NFL would do? The NFL is funded by guys like Daniel Slider. They're funded by bad people. That's what we support a bad machine. The NFL is a, a terrible machine. For that's, sure. That's really all this is. Like at the end of the day, you guys love this sport. We all and I, I'm not gonna I love this sport, but mm-hmm. I understand what I'm supporting when I watch it. It's a terrible machine run by terrible people who you would hate in real life and who you probably want, who probably should do some jail time because they understand. The, the, the mental toll it takes on your body, the physical toll it takes on your body, all that stuff. You take guys from these terrible, distant, privileged, uh, these terrible areas, these urban areas, and you have no other choice, and you, and you throw them onto a football field and say, hey, well, this is your way out. Run your way out of the hood. And they run their way out of the hood right into a brick wall, oftentimes into crazy situations. We just saw a guy in this Chargers game catch a football and not move. Now, obviously, that wasn't off contact, but the, the nature of the sport is violent. It's yes, violence. Sir. They, they're selling violence. This is just this is just violence. They're packaging and they're making it all pretty and they sell it to us. Christmas Eve, people will be watching football. Guys running into each other full speed. Some guys never never being able to walk again. Ask dude from uh, Wes Walker from the uh, from the Broncos and the Patriots. And mm-hmm. Dude can barely do it. They said he can't do a puzzle with his wife. He can't do a puzzle with his wife right now because of the damage. You know me slant playing football. Yeah, you know me slant. All he them slants he ran when, when the NFL wasn't instituting all these rules about targeting and and, and uh, unnecessary roughness penalties for hits above the above the neck, right? So you can change, and that's the thing about the kills me. You can change the rules all you want. You can have all these parents talking about we're going to teach guys how to tackle from the head up and keep their heads up and tackling and place it. Football is not a sport I'd let my kids play. It's just not because it's not a safe sport. And to be quite frank, if you look at the demographics of who plays footballs, footballs, football. <laughs> hey, yo, bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the demographics of the guys who play football, it's guys who didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And if they could choose between playing baseball and basketball, and that, why do you think everybody was so surprised Kyle Murray chose football over baseball? That's, right. Come on, that, what are we talking about? That bag. That bag was waiting for him in baseball. And he chose football instead. He's great at football. Good for him. I'm glad it's working out. But that's not everybody's case. That's not everybody's case. He's also a quarterback. He's protected differently than your cornerback or your linebacker and things like that. So football is is a terrible machine. Like that's that's the best way I can put it. 
and we support a terrible machine. And these guys who are playing this sport come from nothing and didn't have a choice. That was the reality of it. A lot of guys play because they want love playing. Like CJ grew up in Connecticut, played football because he loved playing football. I'm sure you didn't have to. You didn't have to do that. Lord knows you didn't have to do that. You was a silver spoon guy. But <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's not everybody's privilege. We don't all have that right. We don't have that, they don't all have that privilege. You know that. You have plenty of dudes who probably didn't have a better option. That's just the reality of it. You have a higher chance of being okay when you're done playing basketball than you do football. Football's crazy. It's crazy. Sometimes I, sometimes I can't believe I support it. Sometimes I can't believe I, I really watch this stuff. Like, it's really nuts what's happening out here. Every every play, someone's hurt. Jared Cook just looked like he just lost alone a second ago out there. And Jared Cook looked fine to me. He's running back to the line right now. Last one for Capital Facts. Is Seton Hall men's basketball considered our Cinderella team this year. Are they a Cinderella team in the making, Kappa Facts? They are a potential C- Cinderella candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, are they the Cinderella team? Yeah, you can't really guess that. They, they, they have to make them of one. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a complete enough team to give teams trouble. Yeah, they're 7-1 right now. It's, they're getting a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we would I – don't, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe because it's, you know, just seeing past – Tri-state area teams never living up to. It's because I don't, I don't. That, them beating Rutgers wasn't a big deal. Rutgers can't shoot worth a, worth a damn. Let's just be honest. okay. Rutgers can't shoot, worth, and that's the reason why they beat Purdue. Nice win, but mm-hmm. Big Ten games are usually ugly. Think about it, Big Ten. These Big Ten games, like Big Ten football games, low scoring. You know, mm-hmm. very slow moving. Um, and and uh, Pipel's done a good job turning the Rutgers around. When when, when Ariana first got to Rutgers, when, when my, I say Ariana, when when my girl got to Rutgers. And I got, and I, I started going to these games. They were god awful. It, they've turned it around, but they don't score points. They don't score points, and that's the biggest problem. They play great D, don't score points. But Seton Hall, the, I don't know about that. I just think they don't have the shooting to be a Cinderella team. I'm worried about that. I think Bryce Aiken's a really good player, and he's getting more accustomed to playing in big big time basketball mm-hmm. after playing in the Ivy for so long. But I don't know that I trust guys like Rudin to make three shots and. Um, Miles Kane to make shots. I don't know why I trust them. Seriously, I don't think they have the shooting to win consistently. They they can they make they might get the Sweet Sixteen berth, which would be huge for for South Orange, huge for Jersey. But I don't see them going. I don't see them like going much further than that. Now you just mentioned shooting, and one of the players that we all know can shoot and has literally changed the game when it comes to shooting is Steph Curry. We all saw he has now the all time record. Made threes, two, nine, seven, seven. He did it out of all places, Madison Square Garden. And, of course, because the Knicks ain't got nothing else to look forward to, they stopped the game. They celebrate. You got Randall taking pictures with yeah, him I thought, after I the thought game. it was crazy. <laughs> they know what time it is. The Knicks might be a playing team this year, but we're not going to talk. We're not. We're not going to talk about Ma, them. Miles ain't here to defend himself. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to talk about them right now. Steph Curry, right? Yep. How long do you do you think he keeps this record? Does anybody break it? I I, I don't think. Obviously, Steph Curry has years left of, of playing basketball. You know, if you look at when Ray Allen left the game, right? Mm-hmm. And for for Steph to have broken this record when he did in his career this early, that's the scary part about it. Is because he's playing great basketball right now. He's obviously shooting out of his mind, but like 
when you look at how many years left he has in his career, the damage he can do between now and then to run this up is going to be hard for someone else to catch it because Steph is one of a kind when it when it comes to shooting that, this rock. Oh, but all right, so I want to. Steph's the greatest shooter, shooter of all time, but he will not always hold this record. This record will be broken. I think he's going to make two thousand more threes. Maybe in his career, mm-hmm. close to that. And it's gonna be a crazy number, like three thousand, four thousand. But you got you. I, I'm thinking about the Lance. That's thing. crazy. I'm think, and yes, it is crazy. And he's the greatest shooter of all time. But there's a couple of things. People act like shooting is an innate build, ability. Like you have, you either have it or you don't. That's not true. You can be taught how to shoot. Shooting is physics. It's it's, it's nothing more than physics. There is there's a gift aspect to it that Steph has. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's an amazing, gifted basketball player and one of the greatest scorers ever played. But you look at the landscape of basketball, youth basketball, AAU, all that stuff. The way basketball is trending right now and the way it's going to continue to trend, I think the mid-range shot will come back. It already is because guys play drop coverage and pick and roll, so you get mm-hmm. that. But they're giving up mid-range jump shots. Mm-hmm. They've got some guys like Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan, they can, they can kill. But you're going to see guys who are working on their shot like tirelessly come into this league and make noise. And there's going to be guys who are going to really challenge, challenge Steph's record. And it's going to be because of Steph. Steph's changed this game because people think about shooting differently. Shooting is... By far the most the most the most important thing you can do as a basketball player. If you can shoot, you can play. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's really is true. Dion says it all the time. He's absolutely right. It's true. Coach I, Mingo. It, shout out to him. It's facts. But it, I, I think I, I think someone will come in and break that record. I, it, I think that's the way the land But how and, and that that's perfectly fine. I'm sure th- there's it's not like a long time by it, that and that's what I'm asking. How like how long are we talking? Like we haven't seen a, I haven't seen a player. Like, like Steph's Steph. gonna hold that record for for years. Of course he can. He will. You the, know the, the crazy the thing too. Was will it be broken? The answer, is, I think, is yes. The crazy thing too with Steph, right? You know, Steph could have got this probably like two, three years ago if it wasn't for having KD on that squad. Facts or the ankle injuries early in his career. There's a couple. But things that the thing, there. the thing you two we mentioned early in his career at the crazy, the crazy thing that we think about. You know, at the beginning of his career, this still wasn't even accepted to shoot this many threes. Well, he has the ultimate green light. There's a difference. When he Mark first Jackson, came, when he first Mark came Jackson in, he didn't credit for that. It's Mark Jackson. That yeah, because when he first life. came in, he did not. No, he did not have. If you watch early, early Steph, early Steph Curry, early his career, Monte Ellis was running the show, and Steph yeah, took a was lot. Button. They was button heads, and Steph took a lot more mid range jump shots than he did three pointers. He actually didn't take a ton of threes early on in his career. He was shooting it more at a clip like a Ray Allen. I also say this too. Ray Allen, if Ray, Allen, if the league was what it was now, Ray Allen, Ray Allen would have made five thousand threes on everything. The, the people don't understand how good of a shoot. I told you, shooting is all physics, and Ray Allen had it down to a science. His form never changed, never wavered. He is the like such a great shooter I've ever seen in my life. But Ray Allen is like right there. Like I, and you can argue with me about it. We can argue about it because Ray was. I don't. That. I don't think anybody, at least on this show, is arguing with that. Yeah. If Ray, if Ray, if Ray. Reggie Miller Reggie too. was in this era. They would have like the 4,000 threes. They would hit 4,000. And they, they would have played longer. They would have played longer. Because you got to remember, kids Kids is crazy. He's talking crazy about Ray Allen on the internet early this, on, on Twitter. I see early this week. Even Reggie. you People don't even realize Reggie could not do what Steph does where he's just pulling up, shooting threes. No. He ran Reggie, the offense. Reggie, even back then, at most, he was averaging around five, which is even, again, even more phenomenal that he was able to do this. He was averaging around five, six, three-point attempts. Which is nuts for that time frame. That time. Joker's averaged about 14 attempts now. Yeah. 
right now, I was just looking at this earlier. James Harden and Steph, I believe, are in the top three or four already for three-point field goals attempted. James James Harden's actually a really good example of what I'm saying, by the way. The fact that James Harden's only 51 threes away from Reggie right now tells you that this record will be broken. Someone's going to come along and be as good of a shooter as James Harden is. And James Harden, he actually has more – when I remember, James Harden has more attempts even than Steph. Yeah, because he played with the Rockets. And, and that's another thing. People give, people give Steph Curry all the credit in the world for revolutionizing basketball and making the three-point shot more prevalent in the game and something that's more accepted. Yo, the Rockets have just as much of a, of a place in that conversation as Steph Curry does because D'Antoni and Daryl Morey pushing that analytics stuff on us, that was all it was. It isn't, hey, yo, you're taking a long two. Step behind the line. A long two is a bad shot. That was, Carmelo literally was booted out of there for taking long twos. They were butting heads about that. That was the problem. So I just think they deserve more of a conversation in, in that whole revolutionizing the game conversation. Like they deserve more of a place there. Um, of course. I, I'm, I'm, and Rihanna also put- it's Golden State and Houston because now you see teams, and we'll move on to this MVP conversation. Now you see teams like the Jazz that aren't really built to be a Warriors or Rockets team. They're more like the Rockets than the Warriors. They're going to put up the three points. They're going to get them shots up. But they're not built for that the last. We've seen that the last two years in the playoffs. Jazz are the number one seed. Jazz are the number one seed. I was a lot of Donovan Mitchell's workouts over the summer, and I saw he was working on that shot exclusively, shooting it from further away. He's you, 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 you lengthen your career by doing that. What Donovan Mitchell early in his career, he was always a really good shooter coming into the NBA, but he did he took a lot of contact going to the basket like a Ray Allen did. That's why I said Ray Allen would probably hit 5,000 threes if if he hadn't had the game he had. People think that he's just a shooter. Rayon had a package. Seattle days. And he was putting dudes in the basket. Like, he was Seattle days. So, they talk. People don't know what they're talking about. Mr. Shuttlesworth. They don't call him Jesus Shuttlesworth for no reason. That's not a mistake. Any, any black dude they call Jesus just know he's cold. Just do that. The thing, too, with the Jazz, and we're going to transition. They don't shoot. They're, where Steph is different, Steph shoots it at a high clip, but he's also efficient. The Jazz as a team, aren't that efficient with the shots. Yeah, I mean, they don't have they don't have the shooters that. I mean, they don't have the shooter that, that the yeah. Warriors have or the shooters when Clay comes back, I guess, plural. But Now, yeah. you've been, you know, vying in the chat that you needed to have the floor to, you know, state the case that KD is the <laughs> MVP <laughs> without question. Yeah. Break it down for us. Why is Kevin Durant, ashy ankles, non-brushed hair, the MVP? None of those, none of those two things you said actually matters in this conversation, by the way. But of course, the KD is the obvious person that all he cares about is basketball. We'll continue. <laughs> Yo, I've been on this show numerous amount of times. Obviously, talking about Steph Curry, we've talked about how Steph Curry has a certain privilege. I feel like other NBA superstars don't get. And yes, I've said that it's because he's light skinned. I still believe that, by the way. I still think it's very true. That's not that's neither here nor there. Um, the reality is, if you look at the two teams from a basketball perspective, just basketball, like just, just stay with me here. The Nets lost Kyrie coming into this year. On, on Kyrie's own free will, Kyrie chose not to play. Mm-hmm. They, this team was built to be have th- three stars, to have two of those stars on the court for 70% of a ball game. Because Kyrie's not on the floor, let's talk about let's talk about the domino effect real quick, okay? Katie leads the league in minutes by a landslide. 
Katie to the point where it's a concern where Steve Nash is like, what, what are we going to do? Like, we have to get him off the floor and get him more time off. Mm-hmm. Harden is a shell of himself. Is a, it, is a shell of himself. There are nights where he scores like legit hey, 14 points. He's, he's like 417. Now, the decline comment, we can have that in the conversation. This is not this is not the time or place. But 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 th- th- that's the thing. He's not playing like he's not playing like James Harden. James Harden has been horrible this year by his standards. He's still been very effective, but by his standards, just not the player that we know him to be. And they mm-hmm. need his buckets right now, and they're not getting it. So those two things alone stack that stack the deck heavily against KD in terms of the, the fact that this team shouldn't be where they are. Mm-hmm. What do we know KD for? Scoring. He's the greatest scorer of all time. My opinion, I think that's I think I most people would agree with me on that. Not only is he got to score on this team, he's gotta he's gotta get assists, he's gotta he's gotta get rebounds, and he's gotta and he's gotta anchor the defense because we're not a big team. The Nets are not a big basketball team. They don't have rim protectors at all. It's just not there. They don't have the luxury that KD doesn't have the luxury that, that Steph has in having Draymond Green. You know what I mean? Like Draymond Green covers up your defensive wards. You don't have that in KD in, in Draymond. So KD is the Draymond, huh? KD is the Draymond. KD is, is our Draymond. Yes, KD is our Draymond. But all, on offense, he's KD. Right. And and he's getting assists and he's getting rebounds. He won a game against Toronto earlier this week where we had no one. Where we had no. We had eight eight dudes. He played with all rookies and went out there and won the game because of him. He had a triple double. He had a 51-point game in, in, in Detroit where that they wouldn't have won if he didn't have 51 points. Point of the matter, fact of the matter is, look, he's the MVP of the simple fact that he has to do he has to do more with less. And he's doing more with less than anybody in basketball right now. And by my definition, that makes you literally, he is by literally go look up in Webster's, open up Webster's, go, go the value he by just being by, by being valuable, he's the most valuable player in the NBA. Just off of what I'm talking about, he's more valuable than Steph. He's more valuable than anybody else, than Jokic. There's no greater case in basketball for the MVP award to this point than KD. He's the Nets at what, 20 and 8 right now? That's a 20 and 8. They're about to be 21 and 8. They're blowing the doors off of um, the Sixers. I don't know what the score is in that game now, but they were beating them at halftime. And they just signed Langston Galloway. They have nine guys in the team. James Harden's out. Most of their key guys are out. Bruce Brown, all those guys are out. And he's, they're still winning a game by 20. Why? KD at 15 and a half with like six boards and like six assists. He's incredible. He's better than he's the best player in basketball right now in a league that has LeBron James. And I'm if people who know me, I'm saying KD's the best player in basketball right now. That's a big deal because people know how I feel about LeBron. We going, but right now I think KD's the best player in basketball. I, I think there's a real case for it, and I don't think it's it's, it's hard to argue against it. So and, and with, with with Steph on the other side of things. Steph's been great. Steph's been amazing. But that team has a lot of things going for it. They have camaraderie. They've been there. All their guys showed up. Obviously, Clay's not there. I understand that. But Clay wasn't there last year either. Jordan Poole took a jump. Statistically, that's not because of Steph. Jordan Poole went out and worked in this game and got better. Okay? Andrew Wiggins having a career year. Otto Porter was a great pickup for them. Draymond Green loves basketball again. Because it looks like he frankly hated it for about four or five years there. He's finally playing good ball again. So it's a lot of different factors that lead to that team being 23 and four, whatever they are. Like they're amazing for a lot of factors outside of Steph. Steph has a lot less work to do on a night to night basis than KD does to make that team flow. That's what I'm saying. Without, the, without KD, the Nets would be dead in the water. Simply put, terrible. 
I think as of right now, because of the MVP conversation in an 82 game season often goes up and down unless you just see somebody performing out of their mind. Steph started off extremely hot. The Warriors, you can't ignore their record as of late. I put in my conversation, you got Katie, Giannis, then Steph. Giannis, show him some love, and we transition. They start off six and eight. Since then, they're 11 and two. He's averaging 27 and a half points, 11.8 rebounds, 5.6 assists, 57% from the field. These last 13 games, 11 and two. Steph is in a way better situation in both two teams, both the two players aforementioned. Flag on the play segment. Y'all know this is how we end off the show. Flag on the play. My man, Isaiah Thomas, has signed with the Lakers. Except for the decline. Oh, it's I, he's gonna, I think he's going to live past that 10-day contract and end up with the team long-term for the rest of the year. He's going to make he's gonna, he's going to force them to keep him and drop somebody. So it's going to be an odd man out. I think he's I think he's been ready for this opportunity for a long time. I think last time he was he was in the NBA, he was out of shape. You can see it in his face. He had he had, he had weight in his face. Like he he didn't look like it. He didn't he he still was just as skilled, but the weight was there. Like I I just thought the weight was a problem. Who gets dropped? Because you still got Kendrick Nunn who hasn't even played a game yet. Avery Bradley might be the odd guy out, which is insane because he plays, he brings good defense to the table. I, I, I don't, I, that's hard. That's hard, yo. I, I think, I honestly, know. because. Don't say Russ. I wasn't going to say, <laughs> Russ just can't get dropped. I'm talking Fair. about somebody that's going to have to get dropped. It's probably, honestly, going to have to be somebody like uh, Kendrick Nunn, unfortunately, just because. He hasn't played. He's injured, and they kind of do the same thing. They do. They are similar. In that and the area. thing is, they can't really afford to release Avery because they don't have that many perimeter defenders. I agree. You feel me? So uh, he might be the odd person out. You can't release Reeves. My man just hit the game winner recently. Oh, he's been great. He's been playing. He's been great all year. He's play. been playing good for a young player. So yeah. Kendrick Nunn, based off an of injury, maybe a Trevor Reza. Might get cut. Maybe Trevor, but Trevor's a veteran leadership and plays and defense. He plays so he's known for. all. All I know is we got to run this conversation back with Miles here because he got some comments to answer for. <laughs> no, the guy. No, it is going to come in and be really good for them, and he's going to end up having to start because I know Westbrook's in uh, COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. He might dead drop twenty five. He might drop twenty five plus off the rip. Off the rip. Off the, the rip. Hey, you saw what he did? One G League game, forty two points. Hey, let's get this call up. Let's get this call up real quick. Yeah, but oh. that's something that's been building up. That's not like he just came in, you know, like like Greg said, he's, he's been working the whole past year. We saw him play, you know, with the national team that, this past summer, and, and he showed out there too. Mm-hmm. He just didn't get a chance. And, and you know, there was talks about him before the season, you know, playing for the Lakers, and obviously that's when they brought on Russ, and, and those talks settled. But, hey, you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Next one for flag on the play. Oh, pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only thing that comes to my mind. Micah Parsons comes out and says, I don't really think the NFL is hard, except for decline. <laughs> He's been balling, but 
know, he's been amazing. Let, he might be defensive player of the year. Let, um, let, yeah, but there's some things you, you just don't say. Because you're, you. you're shooting yourself in the foot too thank early. You. I get that you're having a great year and things like that, but, like, that's fine. But you don't say, you know, it, it's too easy. I don't think it's that hard. Um because we, we've seen how, how this un, unfolded in the past, but with other situations. Exactly. Like other players that have said that, you put a target on your back. Right. Or you don't back it up because that's a lot to say. Because right now, this is the, the thing. Way. Of course, it's the Cowboy way. I hope you I hope you're going to touch on that point. because The thing is, that's crazy where if he uh, does win defensive play of the year, the, he's going to be so full of himself because the only player that has won defensive player of the year as a rookie is Lawrence Taylor. So he would be in the same conversation, same breath as Lawrence Taylor. He wouldn't be. Like, I mean, literally in the book, history books, he would be, but as a player, no, he wouldn't. Of course, but you got to think. Of course, but looking at him already saying off of one season, that's not complete yet. I don't think the NFL is really hard. And he gets defensive player of the year, rookie year. Bruh, this is typical. It's the Cowboys, though. This is his coach last week said, I guarantee a win. Coaches don't do that. That's like a rule of thumb. It's an unwritten rule. You don't do that. You don't come out as a coach and guarantee a win against anybody. All okay. Right. Period. I, I this is not a thing. So it, it, this is the this is the Cowboys. This is this is it. Like they're all they're flat, they're flashy, they're a show. This is what they do. They sell, they really sell on words. They sell, they sell you on words. This is what they do. So I'm not surprised by it. He fits right in. Um, but he is super talented. I, I will say that. He's super talented and and deserves credit um, for his play. He's been um, amazing. Amazing. There's no other way to put it. I'd say pride comes before the fall. Stay humble. Yeah, stay humble. I mean, look, the NFL, you're, you're one play away from not playing anymore. That's the, that's the thing. You're just one play away from not playing anymore. So that's, that's why talking crazy don't make any sense. But Hey, and the other thing, too, my man, you kind of start out the season, and he was shrugging a little bit, and they was trying to figure out what were they yeah. going to do with you. So you uh, moved into a position that now you're flourishing at, but – it kind of looked hard when you first started off, though. Listen, listen. Somebody, somebody else did the same thing this year, right? Somebody else did the same thing at the beginning of the year. Justin Fields. The game is slow to me. That's what he said. He said the game is slow to me. And then middle of the season, there's games where you're throwing four picks. No, the problem is that game, the game is slow to him. Sure, the game could be as slow as he, as he wants it to be. The defensive linemen that are running right through his Swiss cheese offensive line aren't slow. That's, that's fine, but that's exactly why you don't, you know, it ain't slow in that moment when, yeah. when you're running for your life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's yeah. exactly why you don't say things like that. You're you take it as it is. You grow. You're as good as your protection as a quarterback. You're only as good as your protection as a quarterback. So, And we got the last one. I know I'm accepting because I got to talk on this one. And it's an accept or decline flag on the play, but it's going to, you know, probably create some more conversation from it. Zion Williamson is out for at least another four to six weeks. Mm. Except I see this as, and I put it up as a poll, this is literally the same thing when KD and Greg Oden was drafted. Portland took Greg Oden. Greg Oden was injured. Didn't turn out well. We just mentioned KD for MVP. He's averaging 29, 7, and 8. Oh, wow. Where's Greg Owen Playing in the big three here and there. No disrespect. Hey, his body failed him. It is what it is. Zion, my boy, is injured again, is out longer. We see New Orleans is literally a shell of themselves as a team. They don't know what to do. I feel bad for Willie Green as a rookie coach being out there dealing with that nonsense. And then you got John Morant, who is flourishing in Memphis, and they look great. 
and they've looked great since he's been there. Zion, I'll say it. I don't care what he does for the rest of his career unless he gets a championship. The man is a bust. The man doesn't take his craft serious. Falling asleep in practices, talking about he's close to 310 pounds right now. It, but I think everybody here put together on the show ain't no 310 pounds. Well, well, I can't speak for you, no mom. Nah, no mom, no mom. I'm a buck 90 myself. I, you know, it, it, we, we definitely more than that. We probably more than 350 pounds together. Regardless, we have to be, regardless to the fact. If I if I'm 190, right? I'm just saying, if I'm 190, if, if he's 100 pounds, that's already 290. That's you know, that's, that's all I'm saying is the numbers are way off. <laughs> Zion's a buzz, though. But, I, I say it like that. Well, can I, so I, I saw the poll. I, I, I see the analogy, and then I agree for the I can, I can agree with it. My only thing is, Greg Gordon was never one-tenth as talented as, as Zion is. Well, just like, that's wow. a fact. Zion is a legend, though. Hey, Zion, Zion was Zion is more athletic, but Greg Oden was supposed to be with one of the next one of the top greatest big men. Exactly. So Zion, Zion had Zion. I remember him. Zion had more buzz, but they still they still both had the potential. The ceiling was supposed to be high. I remember Greg Oden. I understand the ceiling was supposed to be high, but it it wasn't like Zion. Go back and watch them Duke. Yo, them Duke tapes are crazy. And even more the Crazy. reason, even more the reason why this is an issue that we're talking about. He's supposed to be back now. He's he's out for another. Wouldn't you argue that Zion's had more success already in his short NBA career than Gregor Wood never had? Sure, great. That's great. He's still a bust. I'm, I'm not saying he's not. I'm not. I'm not I, I agree with you. I, I think that John Morant was. We talked about this on the show. John Morant should have been. Number, if we did a redraft, John Morant would have gone first, and and you could. I mean Zion. He probably, you know, should should have gone second, and you know things get crazy from there. I love talking about that draft. You, you guys mm. know why, but um, yeah, I, I agree that he's a bust. I agree that he's a bust. I don't know if Chris picked up on what I was saying. You laugh. R.J. Barrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. that funny, yeah. bro? Bing bong. We can talk, we can talk about that because Darius Garland, the guy I was pounding the table for the Knicks to draft, he is balling, and R.J. looks terrible. Yo. To Knicks fans, let me run the Knicks. I would, I would get y'all back to promise. Like, prop, I really do this. Like. I really evaluate talent. This is really what I do. Like, I knew that Darius Garland was going to be this. I knew. Anyone who knows me will tell you. I was texting him. I was talking to him about it. I said, Darius Garland. I came from Brandon. Boys. I watched him since high school. I knew he's going to be that guy. I knew it. And it worked out exactly how I thought it was going to work out. They could probably get Colin Sexton now because he's on the market after this season. There's, right. no, there's no need to bring him back. You don't even – You don't. I, I would I – would, I agree. First of all, they should trade uh, Colin Sexton. And the Cavs are legitimately very good. And Evan Mobley exactly. is a generational hey, talent. Get healthy, Colin. And you, think, hey, you, you, you gotta get hey, you gotta find a new dorm room, something. It's done. New housing. New housing. <laughs> <laughs> it's done up in Cleveland. It's done up. New housing. But the the to go back to your point, I I think I look Zion is a bust as of right now. Maybe he maybe he trims the weight down and can play again. I hope that he can because it is it is a gift to get to watch that guy play when he's right. Because man, like I never seen nobody at that size move that way. But also we're kind of seeing why guys at his size don't move that way. Because if they do, they, they fall apart, and he's falling apart right in front of our eyes. When it boils down to it, Zion is discipline. And we see in this country, we are one of the fattest countries in the world. We deal with obesity a lot because we don't have discipline to close our mouth, put the food down, 
Matter of fact, if you want to still eat your fried chicken and all that, we don't know moderation in this country at all. We don't understand that. We don't get it. But guess what? On this show, we value every aspect of us individually of what we need to do to be the best version of ourselves. So within that, we stay ready so we don't have to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.